welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 122, Finding Your Voice in Audiobooks, an interview with Will Dagus, coming to you on Thursday, January 17th, 2019. Guess what? I have been working at a video game company for over a week. It's so exciting. (laughs) I think I found my people. Yes, I ended up getting a job in the narrative department, so the story department, at Massive Entertainment in Malmö, Sweden, the same company that my husband works at. So we sit, so I don't know, like two rooms apart, like not two little office cubicles, but two ginormous rooms that have a whole bunch of desks in them apart. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we go to work together every day and come home together every day. And after a week and a half, it hasn't been too much yet. So here's hoping. But seriously, these people are so cool. They're so creative and fun. And I feel like people think like me and like we're all on the same page. And oh, it's wonderful. I love it. (laughs) So I haven't been doing any writing because pretty much I am drinking in information from the onboarding process as if I were drinking from a fire hose. I know the analogy is getting old because it is so overused, but oh my gosh, it's just all this information shooting at you and you're like trying to integrate it all into your head, but it's so interesting and it's so fun. And so far I've loved almost every single minute of it. So I've been telling people, I know this is the honeymoon phase and it will end, but right this second, I'm really enjoying the honeymoon phase. So speaking of finding your people, I think that you will find a lot of helpful information and interesting information in this interview with Will Dagus. He's from Findaway Voices, which is a not that new company that will uh, help you distribute your audiobooks. And if you like, they will help you produce your audiobooks. So instead of me trying to tell you what Will's about ready to say, let's just listen to him. Take some notes. I think that you're going to find this one helpful and interesting. Have a great writing week. Today's guest is Will Dagus. Will is head of product for Findaway Voices and an avid audiobook listener. He's been immersed in the audiobook industry for more than six years, working on everything from technology to marketing to product development. He's in charge of guiding the product features and experience for Findaway Voices, a platform that helps authors create and sell their audiobooks all over the world. Welcome, Will. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) We've been trying to meet you. Yeah, we we met in uh, in Denver last year at Romance Writers of America, and I think you came to our office hours, which is where we met. And just hit it off right away. And I think right there we said, yes, let's do a podcast together. So I'm glad that we're finally here. Yes, yes. And part of it was that um, we had timing issues for, you know, summer vacations and that. But then you were like, hey, I've got an announcement. Can we just put off the podcast till I can make an announcement, right? Yes, that's right. And I I actually have two announcements now, which is great. Yay! So excited. (laughs) All right. Well, let's back up just a step because I don't want anybody to think that Findaway Voices is some startup fly-by-night place. It's actually part of a larger company that's been around for quite a while, right? That's right. So Findaway Voices has been around for about a year and a half now, the, the product, right? But we're not a startup. We're one product inside a larger company. And that larger company's name is Findaway, which is where we got the name Findaway Voices. And Findaway has been around for about 15 years now. That started in 2004. 
and it launched with a single product called Playaway. And I brought one here for anybody looking on, on the oh. video feed. It's a little smaller than a deck of cards, and it's a single preloaded audiobook player. So this little device never changes audiobooks. It's always going to be this title. And we sell it to libraries in the U.S. military, and it's a really, really simple way to listen to an audiobook without having to have Wi-Fi. It just takes AA battery. You just plug in your headphones and go. And so we launched that product about 15 years ago with 20 titles. Wow. <laughs> 20 titles. That's it. And it, that's mind-boggling now because today we have 250,000 titles in our catalog. Oh, my gosh. Which, so, so thinking that we launched this with 20 titles is, is funny now. But, you know, it was a big deal then. And it, we, were, we were a startup then. And we had to make these relationships with publishers to get the content. And yeah. so that's how Findaway started. We started talking to more and more publishers, ingesting these audiobooks, which were primarily CDs at the time. This is before right. the iPhone, right? The, the CDs were dominant. And so we'd take the CDs in and we'd, we'd rip the CDs and then we'd take out all the insert disc two, <laughs> insert yes. three, which didn't make sense on this format. And so we kept, we kept ingesting these, ingesting these until all of a sudden we kind of blinked and we said, oh my goodness, we have 40,000 audiobooks now that have all been cleaned and normalized. Um, and, you know, Audible's big at this point. This is several years in. And at that point, the company had a decision to make, which is, do we compete with Audible with this audiobook catalog or do we do something else? And what we decided to do was not compete directly against Audible, but take these 40,000 audiobooks and, and turn them into an audiobook API. And so what this means is now we have this large catalog of content. We have the relationships with the publishers. We have the royalty rate set. We have the content normalized. We have the artwork. We have, we've done all this work to make these audiobooks great. Now, if you want to start an audiobook company that competes on the global space, you can start that on day one with 40,000 audiobooks in your catalog. Wow. And so we start helping more and more uh, companies launch an audiobook business or existing companies add audiobooks to their offering. Wow. And today we work with over 30 partners who all sell audiobooks using Audio Engine, that's Audiobook API. And we've worked with almost every publisher in the world to get their audiobooks in. So we have, like I said before, 250,000 uh, pieces of content now, which is awesome yeah. and, and very competitive. It's the <laughs> largest, largest um, catalog that you can get in any audiobook API anywhere. And, and so, what, so what do you do as a company when you have all the audiobooks in the world? You have to go make more, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. 250,000 audiobooks is nothing compared to the number of eBooks out there, you know, millions and millions of eBooks. And so that's where Findaway Voices came from as a self-publishing platform to let anybody with one, one ebook or 10 ebooks or, or a couple audiobooks that they've already recorded, get their audiobooks into the Findaway Voices catalog and sell them through these, these 30 retailers. And that's, that's kind of the catalyst of, of the 15 year history of Findaway and how we led ourselves to this product, which has now been around for about a year and a half. But uh, we're supported by the team, the full team at Findaway. So we have a full finance team. We all do in-house marketing and, and design, and we have uh, uh, vast development resources spread across the whole company. So we really can tap into the larger machine of Findaway for anything that we want to do. Wow, that's excellent. So this is not just distribution, though. No. So we do, we do two things at Findaway Voices. One, we help you create an audiobook if you don't have one. Uh, all you need to do is have a finished manuscript so the narrator knows what to read and yeah. then we'll match you up with a narrator and manage the production from start to finish. And when it's done, we can help get it for sale on all those 30 retailers across the world. 
But wow. if you have an audiobook that's already produced, maybe you did it on your own self-recording, maybe you used a different studio, uh, maybe you did it a long time ago um, as a royalty share and your seven years are up and you get your rights back and you want to do something else with it, you can also just skip the production part and just upload the finished audiobook to Find Away Voices. Wow. And we, okay. And we should we should we should go into the process of making an audiobook a little bit yeah. more too, and some of the other stuff. But um, I feel like I, <laughs> I've been barreling through <laughs> and talking a lot. So yeah, yeah. Well, this is all very interesting, though. I mean, um, some of the people listening will have already gone through the process to one degree or another. A lot of people um, don't probably have no idea what you're talking about. So we're talking about once you have a finished manuscript that's not only a finished manuscript, but you've actually self-published it, it's somewhere available as at least an ebook. Uh, that is the normal way to do it, but it's not necessary. So we can still publish or create an audiobook even if it's not uh, published. Uh, in fact, the, the production process can take four to six weeks to make an audiobook um, because you're you're involving uh, real humans who, who are doing an art and a craft and it takes time and scheduling. And so if you want a simultaneous release where your audiobook is released the same day as your ebook, you might wanna get that process started four to six weeks before your launch date, which then means you have to be sitting on an ebook that's not published for four to six weeks, uh, which you know it's, it's a cost benefit, a trade off that you have to, to weigh back and forth there. Um, right, right. But even if you don't ever plan on doing an, uh, publishing the ebook or print book, you could do audio only. And we've seen some experimentation with that for primarily shorter form content, something that's maybe just a couple hours long uh, that right. they might try releasing just in audio and seeing how many of my ebook uh, readers I can convert over to audio when something's exclusive. As right. Oh, yeah, that's a really interesting idea. I was also trying to think of um, different forms of, of things that you put into words <laughs> um, that would actually uh, work better in some way as an audiobook or a reason, like um, you, business people will have a back of room book that they sell. So they're speaking in the front and there's a book table on the back where you can buy their book. And then a lot of business people write a book just for the purpose of having something to sell at the back. And I'm just wondering if there's any kind of reason why somebody would be like, yeah, not just an audio recording of my talk, but an audio only version of my book it's just an interesting thing to try to figure out. I wonder if there would ever be a reason why that would be an excellent, you know, marketing direction. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thought. Um, I haven't seen it done before, but what I can say is for back of room books and especially nonfiction authors, self-recording, making sure that you are the voice that is narrating the book is really important for, for some people who rely on public speaking as their primary income. And maybe the audio book is supplementary back of room book, that kind of thing, right? You're making 50 grand from scheduling the talk and you're going to make some extra money at the back of the room. But what you want is to, to have your voice in that, that person's ear for a lot longer. Same with, right. uh, it's the same idea behind podcasting. And, and when a podcaster writes a book, the audiobook's going to be more important because those listeners have, have grown comfortable and, and love hearing that podcaster's voice. It would be a weird disjoint if if somebody else was reading it, right? Right, so, right. So we see self-narration a, a lot more common in the nonfiction genre and specifically anybody who's kind of anchoring their career on public speaking. 
Interesting. Yeah. It's funny because you could even get um, listeners, possibly listeners who could turn into fans um, in really odd ways. Like I was looking for books on my Libby app. So I was looking for a book I could check out of the library, an audio book. And uh, I was searching for Brene Brown because I had just finished listening to oh. another book by her. Yeah. I just and finished she's a book by her last night, actually. Oh, do you remember which one? Uh, Braving the Wilderness. Oh, okay. That's the new one, right? It's the new one. I just finished it last night. Oh, it was fantastic. Nice. <laughs> oh, wow. Which one did I listen to? Uh, yep. Can't remember. She has several titles and for some reason I can't remember which one because it was a couple months ago now. And so when I was searching for her, she wrote the foreword to Amanda Palmer, Amanda Palmer's book, The Art of Asking. So it came up in the search and I was like, hmm, okay, I'm interested in the title. And then I was like, why does that name seem familiar? Oh, I think she's a musician. Well, she's like half of the Dresden Dolls from like the 1990s. Here's the thing. I'm pretty sure that I've never listened to her music um, more than what might have been uh, playing on the radio. Mm -hmm. But because I had listened to the five-minute audio sample and I was like, okay, well, it's a library book. I it's not costing me. I, if I don't like it, I'll just return it. Um, and I'm a huge fan of the library and the library system and the whole reason behind libraries. And it doesn't bother me at all if I don't get paid for books that are borrowed from the library. That's just my personal way of seeing the world. <laughs> so I'm listening to the first couple of chapters and I'm thinking, okay, wow, listening to her tell her story that I know is written down. I mean, she's She's got to be reading the, the manuscript in order for it to really be an audiobook, right? Mm -hmm. So it was so interesting. I, I had to listen all the way to the end. And now I'm like, I'm following her on Twitter and I'm looking to see what else she's done. And I'm really interested in this particular piece of music that she put in between. See, that's the other thing about audiobooks. Because she's a musician, she also had bits of music that were in between chapters or sections. And it really added to the experience of... Uh, saying what she wanted to say, but saying it in her more natural voice, which was as a singer-songwriter, even more than an author, because this was her first book. I'm just wondering, have you seen anything like that in books that you've been putting together over there? I haven't seen a lot of that, the, the, because, um, because when we get hands-on with a book, it's when we match a narrator with an author. But when somebody narrates it themselves, they bring the finished product to us, and, right. and we, we sell it, but we're not as hands-on and, and don't get as much exposure to that. So I, I can say from some big productions, um, I, you know, I, I listened to the Bruce Springsteen biography, autobiography last year, and that was very similar in that you heard his voice telling the stories, and there was such, such a personal and emotional connection with him uh, as you were listening. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I can't make, I, I don't have any anecdotes for, for books that finally Voices has produced, but I'm totally on board with you in that um, audio can be uh, such a great opportunity to make a, a much more personal connection. Um, like, you know, author notes at the end of an ebook can, can make a great connection, but you can sprinkle a little bit of that throughout the entire book experience when it's, when it's your passion showing through in the narration. Yeah, I totally get, like, I think um, she, she might have changed back to it, but I know at one point, uh, Joanna Penn, who's a podcaster and writer that I follow, uh, and everybody who's listening, I have already said it before, but check out Joanna's The Creative Pen Podcast. Um, Joanna was um, 
recording, narrating her own nonfiction books uh, for a while. And then she had just has so much material out that she uh, stopped and hired someone whose voice was very much like her, she said, and had somebody else doing it just because the massive amount of time that can be involved in it. But I have to say that I am still a huge fan of having um, that connection because like even when I have a great narrator for the two novels that I have an audiobook, she's wonderful. She's actually a friend, which is pretty cool too. Um, and she brings the books alive in a way that I love. But even so, like I felt bad for all the little tweaks that I was like, oh yeah, that's not exactly the way he said it though. And I'm thinking I might try to do my short story to see how it sounds to me and my fans when I'm reading my book, the way it sounds in my own head. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And actually I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because um, uh, this kind of segues into a marketing tip that I was going to share anyway, oh, but good. this emotional connection, um, while it's super valuable to have the emotional connection with the author, even when the narrator is not the author, that emotional connection can still happen and often does. And you'll see that there are some avid audiobook listeners who follow the narrator, not the, not the authors. Yeah. So you can have people who are fans of listening to, you know, fantastic narrators and they know that narrator is going to pick great projects because, you know, they're just fantastic. And so they'll actually uh, follow a narrator from book to book. And that can be a huge marketing asset for you. Um, if you leverage a narrator who already has a following, that those are guaranteed sales that that yeah. narrator is also going to help you have another vector of sales at least uh, to help promote your audiobook um, because that emotional connection is great and it's it's likely going to happen with a great production whether it's the author making the connection or the narrator excellent good point now because people can come to you and start the audiobook process from the very beginning um, are there any tips for authors who are looking to find a narrator who um, at the very least, if they don't have a specific and avid uh, or rabid <laughs> following, that um, somebody who is just so good that uh, people seem to always be giving them high marks on, I loved listening to them read this book. So one of the best ways to get really good is with practice and experience. And you'll see that as a narrator gets more practiced and experienced and has more tenure, their rates will also increase uh, commensurate <laughs> with that. So, you know, so when, when a narrator comes to find away voices and signs up, we, we don't just pass them through uh, and say, okay, you're on the roster. We, we have a casting team that ingests their samples. We look at their bio, we look at their past work, if it's not with us. Um, and we, we have them list all the things that they can do. Like I can perform a British accent. I can, you know, speak these languages. And then we also take our qualitative casting uh, teams evaluation of them and add to the rubric. So we have a really deep um, and qualified uh, summary of every narrator and what, what they can do. And, you know, that's also, I listed a British narrator, but, you know, okay, we think all they can really say is morning, Gavna. And <laughs> yeah. not much else, right? So we yeah. put them kind of low on the quality for that and, and high on some other things. Um, and so really, when you start a project, we have this casting sheet. It's kind of like a dating profile. We ask you a ton of questions about what, you know, what you're interested in, what's the sound, what do you, is there a sound alike from a celebrity that you, you know, you really like James Earl Jones or, or, or someone like that. And we can kind of guide our recommendations towards that. Uh, that casting form is also a great place to say, I'm looking for somebody who has an existing following and will help promote my book. 
um, or somebody who is kind of a diamond in the rough, uh, you know, those people tend to be booked up a little bit more if their quality is really high and their price is really low. You might yeah. have to wait a little bit of time to get somebody like that. But we have um, over 1,500 narrators now who are onboarded, and so we have a lot to choose from. Wow. Uh, and there's some really, really, really talented narrators in our system. Uh, and, and I'm sure that no matter what, we can find someone for, for you. If you want somebody with that existing base, though, that's really going to punch the marketing hard, you're likely going to be paying a lot more upfront for that. Right. Uh, they're, they're per finished hour rate. Now, um, I have used ACX because that's who that I think they might have been one of the only companies out there that I could personally do the work myself, you know, um, self-publish it right into its, um, what would you call it, into its online software, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so, so I'm still in the middle of my seven years with them. There's going to be a lot of people who understand how that system works. Um, can you just explain in general um, sort of an overview of if you already have audiobook files if you don't but you know you want to read your own book or if you don't and you know you want to hire someone can you kind of give us an overview of the process yeah absolutely so so with ACX it's an open marketplace right you post your project and then you have 80,000 narrators or 40,000 I forget what the number is it's a yeah. lot of narrators yeah <laughs> they and they can then bid on that project and you're uh, listening to lots of samples and making lots of decisions very open marketplace if you if you really like um, drilling through and, you know, messing with filters and seeing all kinds of inbound and filtering through all that, that, that is the place for you. That is very different from what we do at Findaway Voices, which is we curate the whole process for you. So uh, you fill out that dating profile at the very beginning, and we have a, a human casting team that will take those responses, and they know all the narrators that we work with. We have, it's kind of a mixture of art and science, right? So if you say you need a male narrator, the list, you know, goes in half. And, and, and from there, we can have some, some qualitative and quantitative uh, restrictions on the list until we get to uh, the final recommendations from the casting team, which is usually five to 10 narrators. And wow. so we put together uh, a tight casting list and you don't spend nearly as much time reviewing these options, uh, but hopefully they're far better options and really, really tailored towards you. We have a really good success rate. About 95% of people find the narrator on that very first casting list. Wow. Uh, if, if you don't find one, we can get you another casting list. But we have a really, really good casting team uh, who's getting better all the time. Uh, and we have a really high pass through on that first casting list. So yeah. now you're listening to just their, their stock samples, the ones that they upload when they sign up. And then you can select any, any of them or all of them to audition for free for your project. And you'll input up to 700 words, uh, which is about five minutes of any section of your book. And you'll have that narrator will actually come back within a week and, and read your books. You can hear your book in their voice. And that's really powerful when you're up against two or three and you want to make a final decision. Yeah. Um, and from there that you can make a decision, okay, I want to book this narrator. And, and from there, we, we go through the whole production process. We ask for pre-production notes so that everybody knows uh, how, especially in fantasy and sci-fi, how names are pronounced and worlds are pronounced and, and anything that might not be in the dictionary, we, yeah. we ask you to, to do a phonetical uh, spelling of. And we manage the process from beginning to end. And when the narrator comes back, they're fully finished files ready to be sold uh, on all the distributors. Now, at that point, you can take the audiobook files and run. You don't have to use this for distribution, but we make it really easy to just click a couple buttons and get it for sale right away. Yeah. Um, so that, that's the that's the process for someone who doesn't have audio. 
If you do have audio already, say you made it with ACX uh, pay for production and you went non-exclusive, or you did a royalty share with ACX, uh, which, which means you have to be exclusive with ACX for seven years, and maybe your seven years are up and you wanna do something else with it, you just take those files and you start a new project in Finally Voices and you can just upload, it's a drag and drop uploader, enter the metadata and choose where you want it to sell. We have people who can get in and out of the process in about five minutes uh, to oh get a book completely listed. So, and we've wow. really optimized that, that flow to make it really easy and intuitive. Um, and what was the, there were three scenarios to run um, through. Uh, they have never done it ever before in their lives. Uh, they already have files and, or they already have, wait, <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> I think that basically covers it. I think we did but, cover it, yeah. But yeah, basically we can help you with the production or if it's already done, no matter if you did it yourself or if you record it yourself, that you can come it. to us and get the, the specs. So we'll tell you what the bit rate needs to be, what the noise floor needs to be, what the RMS needs to be, head and ah. tail noise, all, all the technical specifications that you need to hit to qualify. And this is stuff if we hire a narrator for you, uh, the narrators know how to hit all these specs. And so they, that'll pass all the QA. Yeah. Okay. That just sounds fun. Cause we're talking about technical specs. I'm like, Oh, that sounds fun. I want to try it. <laughs> now, um, not asking for legal advice. Nobody here. Uh, I try to remember to tell people I am not giving you legal or financial advice, but, um, if you have, uh, say, say, me and my friend Catherine, we've done two books together. We're still in the ACX system. But when the seven years runs out, I don't think that I have the right to use Catherine's voice reading my book forever after that without paying her. I'm sure that can't be the contract that we signed. If so, that's weird. Um, but <laughs> do you know what, uh, how it's worked with other people who have come to you after their um, exclusive contract with ACX has run? Right. So just for a little extra context on that, the royalty share program is what you're talking about, which means right. at the beginning of the production, you paid the narrator nothing for their Correct. work. Yes. But in exchange for seven years, you split the royalties 50-50 with the narrator. Right. So if it ends up being a really great selling book, that narrator could make 5, 10, 20 X what they would have made, but they're taking a risk and they're taking a bet on you. And so my understanding is that, yes, after that seven years is up, the rights are yours and you can do whatever you'd like with it without paying oh, the narrator wow. anymore. Now, if you're friends with the narrator, you might want to kick him back a couple bucks every yeah. <laughs> while if you feel weird about that. But, you know, new books sell. And so we see the trend line for sales on an audiobook, meaning that at the end of seven, seven years, the majority of sales for that audiobook are probably done. And the narrator, if the narrator was ever going to make back the couple thousand dollars uh, that they were going to make off the upfront payment, it probably would happen in the first seven years. So yeah. I, I think that's probably the rationale for it. But yes, once the seven years are up, now I believe you still have to email ACX and tell them, hey, I'd like to go from exclusive to non-exclusive terms. It doesn't happen automatically. But when you do that and you are on non-exclusive, then you can download those files from the interface and take them wherever you want. Hopefully, find way voices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so um, if someone is coming to you fresh, they've got their manuscript, they want your help to find a narrator and do it that way. Um, do you only have the pay the narrator program, pay the narrator upfront, or do you also have a way that you can do um, royalty share with narrators who are willing? At this time, we only do pay for production. Uh, and so everything's based on the per finished hour rate of a narrator, which they get to set. They're independent contractors. They can change it at any time. And we don't influence that rate in any way. 
generally speaking, it's between 150 to 300 bucks per finished hour. And mm -hmm. you can use the mental math of nine to 10,000 words equals one finished hour of audio. So that 10,000 is a lot easier. So 50,000 yeah. word book is a five hour book. Um, and if you're paying 200 bucks per finished hour, that's going to be a thousand dollars. Now you pay that thousand dollars, that book is yours. You get all the royalties and you can do whatever you want with it. You can sell it direct off your own website for whatever you want and make a hundred percent, or you can sell, sell it through retailers. Um, and I forgot where else I was going with that. <laughs> oh, oh, I wanted, I want to tease something just for your listeners. Uh, right. Because we have something something coming in the next couple months. I'm not going to commit to a release date at this time. We're working through a way to do a version of a royalty share program uh, that we hope will work a little bit better for everyone. And the way it's going to work um, is going to be basically half price audiobooks. So you'll pay half the narrator's rate up front, and the narrator will get um, a payment up front, though not their full rate. And then the narrator for the next... Um, forget how many years. We haven't worked out all the details yet. For a yeah. period of time, the narrator will also make a cut of the royalties. It'll be less than 50-50. Um, so it's a way to lower the, the, the kind of hurdle to getting into audiobooks the first time right. without yeah. signing the seven-year exclusivity for a, a, a royalty share through ACX. Um, and it will require some form of exclusivity and find away voices in that to pay the narrator their cut, we need to know all the sales that happen so that it's right. so that it's fair, right? But the difference in our exclusivity will be it's not single platform exclusivity. It's exclusively reaching these 30 to 40 retailers through us and no one else so that we can handle the payments to the narrators. So that'll right. be the difference. Um, and I'm excited to announce that formally, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just go ahead and tease that for your listeners. Something that <laughs> I haven't told anybody else yet. Awesome. Oh, this is very exciting. All right. So some of our listeners are also writing nonfiction. So are there any differences in how they would approach the whole should I or shouldn't I or the actual uh, publishing process with audiobooks? So I would say if you um, have a background in podcasting or audio production or if public speaking is a big part of your business, then I, I think you should seriously consider recording it yourself. Um, what you may want to do is find a studio or a producer or an editor that you can work with to make sure that the quality is up to spec because really the best way to make an audiobook sell is to have a great audiobook, right? There's nothing worse than listening to a terrible audiobook that has bad audio quality and it's scratchy and it's popping all over the place and it's, you're going to lose everybody really fast. So you've got to have a high quality audiobook. If, um, public speaking or podcasting is not a big part, of your business, but you think you might want it to be, or you're considering just doing it for the cost reasons, uh, what I would consider is going through the process with Findaway Voices to find some of your top choices if you weren't to narrate it. And then you yourself record the same audition that all the professional narrators are doing. Right. And then take them and send them out to your email list or um, you know, use it as an engagement on social media to say, tell me which narrator you think I should go with. And presumably to people who don't know your voice. So it's a true test. And yeah. if people choose your voice, then awesome. And if people, people don't know that you're in the mix, they might give you some hard feedback to hear, <laughs> but it might be really honest and good to know up, up front uh, whether maybe your voice isn't resonating with your audience. So wow. the biggest thing I think to really focus on is get the best narration that you can for your book, whether that's you or not is is uh, I'm a data guy, I, I'm a marketing guy. I like doing A-B tests and I like polling. Uh, so I love that 
uh, and, and customer engagement. Like it's just a great reason to engage uh, your Facebook audience or your email list and get them involved. Um, and imagine the, the, the choice is overwhelming, like 80% wants this one narrator. Well, now everyone who voted for that narrator feels invested in your production before it even starts. And they're going to yeah. tell their friends, hey, I was a reason that this author went with this narrator. And, you know, it's like a guaranteed sale and guaranteed uh, word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. It moves people kind of up that fan ladder a little bit closer to the super fans, the people who are definitely going to buy it when it comes out. Yep, absolutely. Nice. All right. Well, you and I have been um, talking offline about uh, different things that we were going to talk about in the interview here. So now I'm just wondering, should we go with tips and save the big announcement for the end and have people be like, what's the big announcement? Or do you want to just tell everybody now? Let's tease them all the way to the end. Make sure that Let's they listen. Do it. All right. I love it. Besides, this is going to be, the middle part is going to be awesome too, because you've got some great tips for people, whether they choose to go with Find Away Voices or not, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, one of my biggest tips for if you don't use Find Away Voices and you want to go with Audible uh, exclusive, and to be upfront, the, the reason that people do that is when you go exclusive with Audible, you get a 40% royalty rate. And when you go non-exclusive with Audible, you make a 25% royalty rate. And there, there is no doubt Audible is a huge player in the industry and you cannot ignore them. And I would never recommend that anybody not put their audiobook on Audible, right? But I believe that increasingly that 15% difference between the 25 and 40% is going to be really easily made up by putting your audiobook on 30 retailers across the world. Uh, and we're gathering all kinds of success stories and we're, we're trying to, to promote this the best we can. But I get that for the short term, or if you have a uh, really good base on Audible and you're doing well with that 40%, it's it's hard to justify giving up 15% to go non-exclusive. So that's the reason people do it. But if that is where you are and you have audiobooks on Audible, um, you probably know already that series do really well. Um, what you really need to make sure that you're doing is thinking about the credit system and how that works to a consumer's perspective. So if you have a six book series, uh, you should have a bundle of all six books and you should have a bundle of books one through three and a bundle of books four through six to get the, the hour uh, number up, right? So if you consider the way Audible works, you pay a monthly fee, 15 bucks or so for a credit and you get to spend that credit on whatever you want. Well, are you going to choose the two hour audiobook or the 20 hour audiobook for your credit, yeah. right? They both cost yeah. 15 bucks to you. We've seen really, really good success with, uh, with authors bundling content, doing the omnibus, um, and getting a, a, a three-book series that's six hours apiece up to 18 hours. All of a sudden, that 18-hour audiobooks look really attractive for what to spend your credit on. Um, and definitely, as the next ones come out, release in singular and in all kinds of bundles and rejigger the bundles and do all kinds of stuff with that because it's a great way to get good traction on Audible. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have heard Joanna talk about that, and she seems to also um, not only be a fan, but actually showing in numbers that it's done well for her. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing I would encourage um, authors not to forget about is the power of using your narrator for marketing. The narrator is a fantastic resource. It's, the, the narration should really be thought of as another character in the book, right? It's, it's a piece of the story that your listeners will emotionally connect with. And think about doing some bonus content around that. Uh, if you have a blog, do, a, do an interview with the narrator about what they thought about these characters or what the recording process was like or 
maybe asking if they want to pull out the best blooper uh, from, from the <laughs> recording process and, and giving that away. Um, and also considering, um, use, well, for sure, make sure you use the same narrator throughout the whole series, because that's very jarring for listeners when they listen to the same narrator for books one, two, three, four, and then on in five, it just inexplicably changes. So um, yeah. <laughs> knowing how long your series is going to be up front is, can um, help you out with narrator negotiations, right? Let a narrator know, hey, I love your voice. I want to use you for the whole series. I got 10 books coming. Do you want to sign up for all 10 at once? It, these narrators are business people. They, they want their schedule booked. And if they know they got 10 guaranteed projects that they don't have to go back to the audition stage four every time, they're yeah. probably going to give you a little cut in the rate too, to say, yeah, I'll, I'll be in for 10 books and I'll do it for 25 bucks per finished hour less or something. I, it, it depends on the narrator. Some do it, some don't. It's totally up to them. Uh, yeah. But you see that being a really powerful way uh, to get a lot of loyalty from customers as well. Um, and then also doing some bonus content. So we've seen um, bonus content work really well um, for newsletter signups and giveaways and a great way to test your audience. If you have, if you've never experimented with audio before and you have some, a bunch of eBooks and a, and a great fan base, and you're just not sure if you want to invest in the next book or the whole series in audio, write a short story, maybe a, a, maybe a thousand words, maybe 10,000 words. Um, maybe, you know, an hour is a good chunk. So probably go for the 10,000 words that maybe this is something that just happens between books two and three and have that one hour produced in audio and, ex and, and release it exclusively on audio and see how many people convert for 99 cents to get this thing. Or by signing up for my email list, you get this short story and it gives a little extra depth to some character. Um, it's a great way to see how many people can I convert from my ebook listener or ebook readers to audiobook listeners and a great way to get feedback on the narration, the, the portrayal of the story, um, while only paying for one finished hour of audio, which is only, you know, 150, 200 bucks, you can probably get away with. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a great way to test out the audiobook market for yourself. That is cool. I like it. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure that everybody is uh, taking mental notes at least. <laughs> and you're <laughs> certainly making me think that, yeah, this whole idea of reading my short story myself um, sounds like a fun way to just First of all, find out whether or not my audience likes my voice reading the story and yeah. um, to see whether or not more people are interested in buying my other books once they've been able to taste one for free, maybe, or something like that. Yeah. Also, if you, if you have a series exclusive with Audible, you could use this um, intermediary story. You probably want to go a little bit longer than one hour, maybe up to two or three hours, just so it's at least a couple commutes worth. Uh, you want to fill out a couple days for someone to have to listen to it. But it could be a good opportunity to experiment with wide distribution with these short stories while you're still exclusive with the main stories, right? right so yeah. you, you were mentioning earlier using Libby, uh, which, which is the, the new app from Overdrive, which is coincidentally about 20 minutes away from Findaway. We're both in Cleveland, Ohio. How um, funny. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Libby is just a fantastic experience. It's really great. And I also love libraries. So maybe you want to you want to test out your patron facing marketing and saying, hey, my audiobooks are free at the libraries or this short story is free at the libraries and see how that converts because you do get paid either when a librarian buys the book or when a patron listens to the book. There's kind of two ways in the library world to get paid. You do get paid for those listens though, uh, okay. one way or another. 
Um, it could be a great way to just test out that conversion and see, can I be effective in, in marketing direct to patrons? Now, is Find Away Voices um, a way that I can get my audiobook and say I wanted to do this, you know, try out the library system? Find Away Voices, can it help me to get my audiobook in the library? Yes, absolutely. We have uh, about 11 of the 30 plus distributors that we send to our library partners. So, and that's all over the world too. So we have, we have the big ones. Overdrive is huge. Um, Hoopla is another big one. Uh, Hoopla is uh, really interesting and we've seen a lot of really cool success stories from Hoopla so far. They operate in a kind of a Netflix model where instead of the librarian deciding what they want to keep in their catalog, they open up all the audiobooks to their patrons. And so the patron gets to, to browse everything, kind of an uncurated list. And the librarians take a merchandising instead of a curation uh, role wow. there. And then when somebody chooses your audiobook and downloads it, they, it's a, a fraction of the library retail price um, based on the length of the audiobook. And you get paid a, a small amount every time somebody listens or somebody huh. downloads. Whether they actually finish the book or not doesn't matter. It's just that they chose to check out your book. And we see that you know, there's, it's free to the consumers. It, you get paid every time they download. If you can figure out the marketing, um, and we've released a library marketing toolkit with a couple tools and pre-baked images and potential uh, captions for them on social media posts to help with this. If you can convince people to go to the library and check out your book for free, uh, you get paid every time they download it. And it can be a great way to get them into the full series or get somebody out of the full series and dipping into this well maybe your release schedule has four books coming out a year. And yeah. in those gaps between the releases, you can release these short stories to keep them engaged and thinking about you. Uh, the, library, the library channel is really exciting. And we have international library customers. Um, we have Wheelers. I think you spent some time in Australia, right? I did. Uh, maybe, maybe you know Wheelers is a library uh, partner that we have down in Australia. And we have um, a couple more launching this year, but we have 11 right wow. now. And so it's, it's a really wow. good opportunity. Yeah. And so uh, libraries also a good place for both fiction and nonfiction, right? Yeah, both do really well there. Wow, excellent. I have to say, and I wasn't going to, you know, necessarily <laughs> be trying to, I, I always try not to sell anything, you know, particularly um, in a way that sounds like, oh, now Kitty's just trying to sell us something. But seriously, I'm like, <laughs> I have to do this. I'm definitely going to try to do this in my 2019 you know, list of things that I want to do. I wanted to do it because it just sounds fun. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I have to say, you make it sound like, I mean, every new thing has a learning curve, but you make it sound like it's not going to be uh, all that hard. And if there are questions, there's someone to ask. For sure. For sure. So we have an awesome support team and we answer questions all day long from people. And we use the, the feedback that we get to guide what we change in the, in the dashboard uh, to make the experience really really um, easy for people. And this is what my job is. So if, dear listeners, you go through the process and you hate it, it is my fault. <laughs> Please reach out to me. I, I want to know about that because I want to make it better. And that feedback is really how we make things better. We listen really carefully to everybody. We know that's how we've gotten to the place where we are right now, where it's really easy to get an audiobook. Like, like really, we do have people who are cranking out an audiobook every five minutes for this is for when they have the finished audiobook and they're just uploading the files and entering the metadata. But we try to make it really, really easy and we're getting better all the time. So yes, if you have a bad experience, it is my fault. 
Now, you mentioned the dashboard. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, if anybody is already in the self-publishing world, they have their, um, their pet peeves about dashboards that they've worked with, um, ones that they like, ones that they don't. I actually, sorry, had to leave. You know what? I usually try not to say uh, the name of the company, person, or book if I'm going to say something negative. There is one... Um, there is one place where you can upload your eBooks uh, yourself, uh, create your own uh, account and, and use their portal. And I, my personal experience has been so horrendous that at one point I emailed a, um, a uh, aggregator, distribu distribution aggregator, and said, I've got to get out of uploading to this site myself. Please help me to find out how you can help me to, to upload through your site. So um, yeah, everybody has their pet peeves, but tell us a little bit more about uh, the experience. I mean, it's 2019. So <laughs> all of these portals, they get better every year. Tell us about yours. Sure. So it's all self-service. Um, we're there to help you throughout the, the way, but um, you can sign up for an account at findawayvoices.com. Or if you have an account with either draft to digital or Smashwords, you can take any existing ebook project in those, um, in those dashboards. And each one of them has a button that you can click to just transfer it directly to us. Wow. And any, relevant, any relevant metadata that you have already filled out, like your cover image, your book title, your description, your BISAC codes, all that stuff gets transferred to us automatically, which saves you from entering, the, entering it in manually. Uh, and if you don't have an account with us, it can create an account automatically for you there too. So that's, that's a great way to get started. If you have a draft to digital um, account with books loaded in there or Smashwords, you can, you can transfer directly from there into us, or you can just sign up at findawayvoices.com. And you have a dashboard with basically three panes. One is your in-progress books. These are books that you have um, started, but you haven't sent them out to the world to be published yet. And then you have your published books. And uh, this is where you might get your giveaway codes. So we give away free review copies, 30 re free review copies to every book that goes through us. Um, you can edit information about your book. So if you got an award or want to, or you maybe have a movie tie-in, maybe like big news like that, you want to update your yeah. cover, your description, you can update that and then re-push out your changes to all the distributors. Uh, and then we also have sales reporting, which I'm happy to say we have real-time sales reporting for wow. uh, about 15 of the partners. So uh, we don't have it for everybody and some of them for various reasons we will never have real-time, but the ones that we can, we do. And that means when somebody makes uh, a purchase of your audiobook on say nookaudiobooks.com, within five minutes it's gonna show up in this dashboard. Um, wow. It's unofficial data, so it's just it's trend line data. It's not something that you'd want to give to your accountant. We have the official sales reports that come out monthly for you, um, but you can see real time data and you can slice and dice it. Um, we're working on some more visualizations and some um, like a map view. Like I know everybody loves Kobo's map view. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's so I love it, I, and we've taken a lot of inspiration uh, from them and 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 uh, the map view to show you where in the world your audiobooks are selling. Um, and then we also have a section where you can download your official, uh, monthly sales reports, which we pay out within 30 days of when we, re when we receive royalties, uh, from the distributors. Uh, so okay. th that's actually a good point. I actually haven't brought up how we make money yet, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I always <laughs> like to say, because, uh, in vain with the, we're not a startup is we're in this to make money and, and that's how we stay in business and don't become a fly by night company that it goes away. Yeah. Uh, we have to be sustainable here. So. The way we work on the distribution side is um, you keep 80% of the royalties you make. 
and find away voices. Percent. Eighty percent, and find away voices. I just had to say that twice because that's a big difference. Yeah, it's very good. So, so it's not eighty percent royalty rate. It's eighty percent of the royalties you make. So, okay. Uh, the the reason we do that, which uh, I've gotten feedback from some people that that doesn't feel very transparent and clear. But the reason we do that is because there's a lot of different ways that money comes in at different times. So imagine um, you make a sale on ACX. Okay, that's 25% of whatever the price ACX decided to set it at. But then you make a sale at Google and that's 45% of the list price that you set. And then you make a sale at Hoopla uh, because somebody downloaded your book and you make um, you know, 50 cents or a dollar uh, every time. And all of these payments are coming in at different royalty rates. And we take oh, care of smoothing that all out and making, okay, here's your lump payment um, or here's your lump royalty total together. And we break it out in the report so you can see where everything came from. Right. But we make it really simple. Um, oh, and then there's some subscription, but not to get things too complicated and deep here, but some subscription partners um, like Scribd or um, Highbooks work based on uh, kind of a pool model where the more people listen to your book, the more money you make, but it's also based on how many subscribers they had during that time, how many paying subscribers, and there's a lot of math that's kind of not figured out until the end. Uh, so we have payments coming in in all kinds of different ways. We take that payment uh, and we keep 20% and you get 80% of it there. Okay, that's right, because it, this is not, um, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, you're not so much a distributor as you're a distribution aggregator. Well, um, well the yeah, both I'm not of those sure terms, distributor and aggregator, have so many connotations with old world businesses. We right, don't really like right. either one of them. Yeah. Um, what do you say? I don't, um, we like to say audiobook partner. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> because we're really, we work with each one of these um, sellers, audiobook sellers, um, really deeply. Um, and, we, and we work with them on content merchandising, what they should feature, uh, we have content experts. This is where the, the whole, the bigger of Findaway comes into play. And the, the big machine of Findaway really helps, helps out here, right? We have deep relationships with everyone we, we distribute audiobooks to, and we help them figure out what's selling really well, what should they merchandise, what are people listening to, what's coming up next. We're thinking two, three, four months out. Um, and so we're really, more, we, you know, we're really more than just a distributor. We don't just plop the audiobooks on their doorstep and walk away. We really, yeah. we're we're invested in these books selling because we're making 20% of the royalties. Um, so we want every book to sell as much as it can. And our, our, uh, you know, our incentives are aligned with the authors. Yeah. Yeah. I really like this. Now um, that's another thing that I've heard a lot of independently producing. Um, sorry. How do I say this? Um, independent slash self-publishing authors who are producing audiobooks. One of the, big things that they don't like about some companies is not being able to choose the price point. So how does the final price point to the consumer work at Findaway? That's a great question. So uh, in the Findaway Voices dashboard for every different audiobook you sell, you get to choose two list prices. So these are uh, the retail list price and the library list price. So the list price that you set, we send to everywhere that will take it. Um, which is basically everywhere except ACX. So ACX decides what they want to sell your audiobook at, and if they want to discount it, technically Audible. Sell, uh, Audible's yeah. the one that's setting the price to the consumer. Um, other than that, every other retailer will take your list price and pay you the royalties based off that list price. 
Now that doesn't necessarily mean if you set 399 as your list price, 399 will be the price to the consumer. You actually don't have control over that, but you do have control over what your royalties will be paid on. So if you set a, a 399 list price to Google and Google wants to sell it for 99 cents, that's fine. Every time that book sells, you're still making 45% of the $3, not 45% of what they sold it for. So the retailers can discount if they want to, or they can mark it up a ton. Generally speaking, um, pricing in the audiobook world is not quite as sophisticated as the ebook world. So we're not seeing all kinds of price matching going on. We're not seeing a whole bunch of, of crazy stuff. Most of the time, the, the list price that you set will be very close to what the, the consumer price ends up being. Okay. And do you have any kind of a, a suggested price chart as part of your uh, website and uh, dashboard? Not dashboard exactly, but as part yeah. of your author helps? I'm glad you asked uh, because we are working on something right now. Taking So this is, again, I'm going to talk about the big findaway machine and audio engine, right? We have sales data for 250,000 audiobooks across publishers, across all kinds of genres, across all kinds of um, different ways that audiobooks are sold, retail, library, subscription, pool, all this data. And we've distilled it down into figuring out some recommendations. Uh, we'll put a beta label on this for a little while, uh, but some recommendations based on your BISAC, your audiobook's length, what we think your audiobook would sell really competitively for. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to brand this and probably have it called, you know, smart price or something like that on the dashboard. Um, yeah. For now, uh, for your listeners, if they want to email our support team and ask for uh, the beta price that they think they should uh, list it at, we will manually help every one of them out uh, until this is baked into the dashboard fully. Oh, that's uh, we, great. We want, to do it, we want to do it right. And so we're taking our time with it. And then it's a lot of data and we need to make sure that it's staying up to date and doesn't get stagnant. Um, so we are working on something that will, that will recommend a list price. Excellent. And when you're setting a, a library list price, you're generally going to want to set that for two to three times whatever your retail list price is. Um, okay. So when a library buys, when a library buys your book outright, this is not the Netflix model, but this is the other one where the librarian's choosing what's in the catalog. They're going to buy it once and then it's going to be able to circulate forever. One patron will be able to check it out at a time, just like a physical book, but they'll be able to circulate as many times as they want. And so you want to make two to three times your normal amount for that sale to account for the fact that a lot of different people are going to listen to it. Right, right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Wow. Okay. This is so interesting. I'm like trying to balance out like questions that I think people might have questions that I might still have with, you know, things that you still want to say. So let's, <laughs> let's go back to, to your list of things. Did you still have some more items that you wanted to share with us? I think that was about it. I think just the, the big things left are the, the two announcements that I'm excited to talk yeah. about. All right. Well, let's see. Can we think of any other questions listeners might have? Oh, yes. I was just going to say um, your very kind offer that um, for listeners right now before that um, beta list price sheet comes out that they could email and, and ask a live person there for uh, a little bit of guidance. What email address should they use? Sure. Uh, support at findawayvoices.com. Excellent. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get back to you right away. Excellent. That sounds great. All right. Well, I'm excited. Let's go. Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have two big announcements. The first one is we are launching with Storytel this quarter. So Storytel, if you don't, you probably know Storytel because you're in Sweden right now, right? <laughs> I am. Yes. <laughs> so Storytel is a massive audiobook player. They are 
very aggressive. They're making some really smart strategy moves. Uh, and they have 700 and they have over 750,000 paying subscribers to their audiobook service, which That's is crazy. massive. And basically what they're doing is they're targeting countries where Audible does not have a presence. And they're going in and they're trying to create audio first markets. Um, wow. And they are doing a very good job at it. They are doing a lot of original content. They are buying up rights and producing new books. Um, and they are focused on the, the less established book markets where when uh, somebody is going to be reading a book, a digital book, it's going to be on their phone, right? Likely not going to go buy a Kindle or an e-reader. And when you're reading a book on your phone, the choice between reading an ebook on your phone or listening to an audiobook on your phone, it's a no-brainer. You're going to choose the audiobook every single time. Yeah. And so they're really targeting these new markets and they're expanding really fast. And so we're really excited to give authors a chance to get on this train. Uh, and, and I can't wait to see how it does. So that's a really exciting announcement. We've, it's been in the works for a while and we're really, really excited to see uh, what happens there. Yeah. Do you have any experience with Storytel personally? I I don't. Unfortunately, I am pretty new to hearing about them. Um, I only heard about them because I heard Joanna Penn talking about them on her podcast. So I'm excited to just go Google them and find out more about <laughs> all the opportunity. They're doing some great stuff. And then the second announcement is we now have a direct deal with Apple Books where <gasps> we can deliver your audiobooks at almost double the royalty rate that you were previously making. So Whoa. Yes, this is big. So, so um, previously, to get to Apple Books, the only way that you could get your audiobook for sale there was through ACX, right? So right. when you submit your book to ACX, you reach Amazon, Audible, and iTunes, which is now called yes. Apple Books. And they were, um, they were exclusive for a really long time. And a couple of years ago, they ended the exclusivity contract, but nothing really changed, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so when you reach Apple Books previously, you were making a 25% royalty rate if you were not exclusive or a 40% royalty rate if you were exclusive, but you didn't have any control over the list price. So you couldn't tell Apple what, what your list price was or an, and affect the sales of it. Um, and so now you get both of these things. One, you get a control over your list price that Apple will accept and, and pay wow. your royalties off of that. And you're gonna make a 45% royalty rate off all your sales at Apple Books and that's with no exclusivity. So you can still go to Amazon uh, and Audible through ACX. If the book is offered through both us and ACX, um, there may be a duplicate for a short amount of time, but Apple will uh, hide the ACX one and show the one from Findaway Voices so that you can make that 45% royalty rate. Wow. Now, do you have any idea? Well, of course you know. <laughs> I was just gonna say, um, in the ebook market, we found ways where, um, you know, we're doing ads, we're getting people to um, come find our book on various um, retailers at full price and also sometimes at a sale price for a limited time. Is there any kind of sale price for a limited time that we can do uh, on in any of the stores that Findaway is working with? Yes. Uh, so we support um, promotional pricing on four or five stores right now. Um, including Google Play and Nook Audiobooks, and we're working on that with Apple. So we had to get through a big, a big technical hurdle of getting the audiobooks there, and now we're working on all the extra stuff. So I will hopefully have that official announcement within a month or two. We're working out 
uh, some of the details right now. Um, wow. But the books are the books are live. They were live um, since uh, uh, mid to late December, um, and so we're looking. We're seeing the the first like official royalty reports come in soon, and, and we're really excited to see how they do. Um, and we will be opening up the promotional pricing at the as soon as we possibly can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, this is really big, great news. I have to say, I have heard a lot of people, you know, not everybody, but I've heard a lot of people talking about, I think I'm going to take a step back from audio. I, I can't seem to make it work for me. I'm not making any money. I've spent more money than I've made, different things like that. But I have to say that it sounds like there are, opportunities with find away voices and I'm, I'm not trying to sell you but this sounds like a really good opportunity I for one think that there's a lot of uh, pros in reconsidering going getting back into audio again I think so the, the the audio world is changing and it's changing really fast so if you haven't had uh, success in the past it's worth revisiting it again now or maybe within this year at some point at the very least because um, for a long time every audiobook was 15 bucks right? That's the cost yeah. of an audible credit. And so if you had shorter form content, or if you had something that wasn't serialized, it could really be hard to make a return on that. But we're seeing shorter content doing a lot better on subscription platforms. We're seeing um, even non-serialized content be really good on library platforms. We're seeing a lot of um, more marketing efforts that can be done, right? You mentioned promotional pricing, like price is the biggest lever in marketing. The best way <laughs> to move interest for your audiobook is to work with the pricing and, and experiment. And those controls are finally available to authors. It's been a really long time coming. Um, and we're excited to give more and more control, but we're already seeing authors do some really cool, innovative stuff with selling audiobooks and uh, first free and series, stuff like that, that is proven to work well in the ebook world. There's finally an, the ability to do that uh, in the audiobook world. Yeah. Oh, this sounds very exciting. <laughs> This is a good thing to be talking about in January of 2019. We've got a whole new year in front of us. We can rearrange our schedules if we want and go, you know what? Let me just back off doing this sort of thing and add a little bit more audio. <laughs> I like the way you think. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, it was so fabulous meeting you in person and then being able to talk to you like this. We really have had like the kind of connection that for me and my personality, when I connect with a human being, it makes me want to work with them more or in when it doesn't work, makes me not really want to work with them. So, <laughs> I only know you at your company. I don't know the other people there, but you are going to be a lot of places over the next year. So tell us a little bit more about how people can find uh, you and other people at your company when you're going out into the public, like at conferences and stuff. Sure. So we are probably going to be wearing the red Find Way Voices hoodies that will hopefully stand out. <laughs> you can find us that way. Nice. Um, uh, we are on Twitter um, at, at Find Away Voices. We're on Facebook. And we're really active with both of those anytime we're at a show. So um, feel free to reach out on either of those channels um, if you were to show that we are also at and I'll list some of the shows that we're going to be at. We were at, I think, 22 shows last year. Uh, we were all over the world uh, talking to authors and learning so much and meeting so many wonderful people like you uh, that have led to so many good things. Uh, and we're going to keep it up this year. So um, I'll have an official post coming out in a couple weeks uh, with our, our full itinerary. But... Some of the places I know that we are going to be is uh, Smarter Artists Summit in Austin, Texas. We will be at the Selmore Book Show in Chicago. Uh, we will be at the London Book Fair. We will be at the Frankfurt Book Fair. 
We will be at NINC down in Florida. We will be at um, RWA, Romance Writers of America, again. We will be at 20 Books Vegas again. Uh, 20 Books Bali just wrapped up. I, oh. I, I couldn't get to Bali, but uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe man. next year we'll be in Bali uh, yeah. for that. Um, and um, a bunch of other ones that I'm, I won't personally be at, but somebody from Findaway will be at, and we'll have all of those listed out on the, the Findaway Voices blog at blog.findawayvoices.com. I'll plug that there. And uh, we'll have our full show list there. So uh, if you're thinking about an event, uh, we've been to a lot of these before and we're not, you know, they're all great events, which is why we're going back. So it's, it's a, uh, a great resource to use, even if you're not sure what some of the good events are out there. Or if uh, you're a competitor of ours and you want to make sure that you're there, you know, the, <laughs> the, the post right. is out there for everyone to see where we're going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I'm, uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of uh, no competition. I think competition helps us all to uh, find ways to be more creative, do things better. So competitors, I totally agree. I totally go out. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This sounds really fabulous. I'm so excited that you gave us so much information, a lot of which people can use whether they use your, your company's services or not. Absolutely. Yep. Wonderful. In fact, I have to say, I've read a lot of blogs for companies that I was like, I may use them eventually, but right now I'm just going to take all the information they decide to share on their blog. So I'm glad you gave <laughs> you us the blog too. post. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> Fabulous. And Will, thank you very much for being on the show. We really appreciate you sharing all this information and encouraging us to go try again with audio. This was so much fun. It, it's going to be a great year for audiobooks. I guarantee it. So thank you again for having me on. This was a ton of fun.